Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is preacher Danny Horton from the Oak Valley Christian Church near Shannon, Mississippi. He can explain that a little better here in a minute. But we are in the midst of our seventh revival with the church here, our third as a member of the RSM team. Danny served as minister of this congregation for many, many years. I don't know, he probably started back when Moses was around or something. But, and I'm sure he has a good life story to share with us and maybe even a little bit of wisdom to impart for long-term ministries. So, Brother Danny, tell us your story. Okay, thank you, Tom. Thank you for being here for Revival, and thank you for being here uh, with the podcast interview. And uh, uh, this is the first one of these I've ever done, but uh, it seems interesting, and uh, we'll give it a shot. Uh, I'm local. I grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. I graduated Tupelo High School. uh, I've lived uh, in the area of northeast Mississippi all my life. I uh, have, have just really had no desire to move off or anything like that, but I, I like this part of the country, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, since I became a Christian, I feel like that this is a, a definite mission field for yes, Christ's Word right now, and I uh, met a girl, the way I got uh, into the ministry, growing up and in high school, uh, if you saw me and knew me, you would probably say, being a minister is the, probably the last thing that this kid will ever do in his life. It, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but it's not going to be a preacher. I can assure you that. Uh, I met my uh, uh, wife of 50 uh, years in the dental office that she was working at in Tupelo. And uh, I don't know, we just kind of hit it off and I called her up and asked her for a date and about uh, six months later, we were getting married. So, oh my God! Yes, it was just that quick, and we've been married for uh, fifty years. I, and I had a man tell me this morning. He said he uh, listened to his mama, and his mama told him, "said Son, if you if you live with a woman uh, 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 longer than you live with your mama, she's a keeper." So, you know, so that makes good sense. We both got keepers, don't we? Yeah, we both got keepers, so uh, we're proud of that. But anyway, uh, she went to the the Christian church. Now, I attended church. I, I, you know, I would, just wherever the crowd was going, that's kind of where I went. I'd go to Methodist church for a while, Baptist church for a little while. And I, in fact, didn't even know there was such a thing as the Christian church, Restoration Movement Church in Tupelo. And it was over there across from the city park, still there, Oak Ridge Christian Church. And I played baseball, coached baseball over there uh, across in the in the park from it. Didn't know it was there. Well, uh, lo and behold, she was a member of the First Christian Church in, in, in Baldwin. And so in order for us to go now, anywhere. Now, how far was Baldwin from Tupelo? Well, when we first started dating in the 70s, it was uh, about... Um, Seemed like a three-day drive, but uh, <laughs> on the two you know, old two-lane, old two-lane forty-five. But it, it, it was roughly twenty-five miles, something right. like that. It wasn't wasn't far at all. Uh, and uh, but uh, in order for us to date on Sundays, uh, we had to go to church and Sunday morning, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, I started going to church with her up there. Occasionally, she'd come down to the church where I was attending at that time, uh, the uh, first uh, East Heights Baptist Church uh, in East Tupelo. That's where I grew up. And yeah. strangely enough, her uncle was the uh, preacher at the East Heights Baptist Church. Really? Really. And so the the longer we kept talking about getting married, you know, when we first talked about it and I actually proposed to her four months after we uh, uh, started uh, dating. We started dating in August and December. Uh, I gave her a ring and asked her to be my wife, and it took us two more months to work out the details and things like that. But anyway, her uncle was preaching there. So 
uh, I'd go to church. We'd have to go to church. We'd go to church, and, and we did that. And uh, and we got married in 1971, February 1971. And immediately, I moved to Baldwin because I didn't really want to grow up in a, a big city like Tupelo's a big city. But <laughs> I, I didn't want to grow up in a big city atmosphere. We didn't want our kids going to a big school. We wanted a more uh, 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 school and, and church and community that you knew everybody and that, that you did in Baltimore. And, so, and really for Northeast Mississippi, Tupelo is the big city. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it, and was even then. Yeah. Exactly, it is. So um, I, we, I moved up there in January. We got married in February. And, uh, I, you know, I became active in the church and, and also active in the community. A man by the name of Mr. Bernard Coggins was a member of the church there. He was also a principal in the school there and also uh, the mayor of the of the town. So he just recruited me. He said, you're going to help me with Little League Baseball. I said, okay. And so that, that that's where I got involved with that. But we hired a preacher. Uh, about May of that year. I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, just got out of uh, Atlanta Christian College, a man by the name of Ray Parker and oh. his wife, Joyce. And uh, he came for a trial sermon. Cecilia and I, I guess because we were uh, married, we were kind of youth sponsors, okay? Yeah. And uh, we, we was active in that. Well, we had a, a, a get-together that night, and Ray showed up at the get-together on a Saturday night, and that's where I, I met Ray, and I would say that Ray Parker probably had the most influence on me becoming a preacher. Uh, really? Uh, yes, and, uh, of anybody I know. Now, I've, I've met several men in the ministry that that's had a great influence on me, uh, and and... But Ray, as far as the most personal, close contact, it was Ray. And it's kind of odd how this started. Uh, Ray uh, uh, came to me one day. He said, I'm going to be gone uh, a Sunday night, and I want you and a couple more men in the congregation to deliver a message. You can take one part and one take another part and one take another so I said, okay, we'll do that. Well, it wasn't long after that, he was going to be gone again. And he came to me and he said, uh, you, you're going to do this. And, and uh, you're going to do it by yourself this time. He said, here's the outline I've got. If you work it up and go, go from there. So that's, I said, okay. Well, strangely enough, uh, a good friend of mine, a man by the name of Jim Thornton, who was another great influence in my life, he was about my age and uh, his wife, and he uh, was preaching at Pratt Christian Church. And uh, Jim uh, accepted a church over in Alabama, and he and his wife moved over to Alabama. Uh, Sandy was her name, and uh, we, uh, he left, and one day Ray called me into his office, and he said, Danny, he said, uh, I, I've got a, a church I want you to fill in for till they find a preacher. And I said, okay. I said, where is this? And he said, Pratt Christian Church. And I said, great. Okay, I'll do it. Because in my thinking, you know, in two weeks tops, they'll have a preacher. I mean, you know. Just, <laughs> you had no idea. I had you? no <laughs> idea. Uh, you talking about green. I was green, okay? <laughs> so, uh I, I, I accepted it. I told him, yeah, I'd do it for him because really, truly, I thought two weeks they'll have a preacher. And uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I, I went there and I stayed there 10 years. Uh, <laughs> Fill, I, you filled did, in. <laughs> yeah, I, I filled in. They never did uh, uh, find a preacher is what I tell people. And then uh, I got out of the ministry a little while and tried some business and things like that after that. And, uh, you know, and, and in fact, I went through a period in my time there where I really felt like, for personal reasons, that uh, I didn't I didn't deserve to preach. I shouldn't preach. It uh, my my uh, my life was uh, had gotten about as far away from God as it 
could possibly get, okay? Yeah. And so uh, we came back, Cecilia and I moved back to the area here, and uh, I, I started going to church with uh, uh, First Christian Church again. Danny Burroughs was a preacher there. I've heard that name. Wes Anderson uh, was a youth minister, and uh, I became good friends with them and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, so... We, uh, I was working in private business and that sort of, and uh, going to church there. And, and little by little, I began to get back into working with the youth and doing this and things like that. And uh, I went, stopped by Danny's office one day. He said, listen, he said, I've got a, 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 a I've been talking to a man. I, I'm not sure who exactly he talked to, but anyway, uh, he said, and uh, they're going to need a preacher. Said, would you mind filling in for a little while till they? So here you go again. They're looking for a preacher, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, two weeks, four weeks, you know. I never, you didn't learn your lesson. I didn't learn my lesson. I, I was still just. Uh, I won't say I was green. I had uh, you know experience and everything, but uh, I said okay. So I came down here to Oak Valley, and that was in February of 1984. And I, uh, I, I told him, yeah, I'd be glad to fill in for him till they could find somebody. And the story there again, I've been preaching, you know, here in my 38th year, and I hadn't found anybody yet, you know. <laughs> uh, but let me tell you something funny about that, is that uh, this last year, last February, we celebrated my, my completion of my 37th year. And... Uh, and they uh, they just great loving people and, yes, and we, we've just been up and down with different issues in the church and different things in the church. But through the help of the Lord, we we've gotten through it all. Okay, and uh, uh, they they presented me with a gift and they presented me with an, another little gift and I, I I opened it up and it was a it was a framed uh, piece of paper with your hired on it. So I only got hired by the church after 37 years. So anyway, so we've uh, we've been here, and like I say, we've enjoyed the people here. The people have been great people. Uh, we've lost a, a lot of good people, and we've gotten a lot of good people. And, you know, and through my, my years of being here, I, I, I've noticed how things have changed. And you know, being in one ministry for so long, uh, the people that were here when I came here and was in the youth group and everything, their children are not only just up in, in the youth group, they're up and married now, and their children is coming uh, to mm -hmm. church here. So I've seen generations coming here, okay? And it, 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 I'm the only preacher that some of these people have ever had. Well, I'm sure, and, yeah. and, and, you know, for this long, and it's just been a, a wonderful experience. Uh, I think one of the, the longevities of this is one thing, at, at, uh, and I spoke at this at uh, Mid-South Christian College at the conference they had one time, and I said, you know, uh, so many preachers, I think, especially young preachers, come into a, a small church, and they think that, well, I want something bigger. Or, you know, I'll, I'm going to stay here a while, then I'm going to move on to something bigger. I'm going I'm to move on to something bigger and that sort of thing. Well, I didn't think that. I, I came here with the idea, this is where I'm going to be. Right. And and I settled in here, and I love the people, and they love me back. And we've, we've worked through our problems. I'm, I'm not saying it's been an easy ride. I'm not saying we hadn't had problems. I hadn't, I'm not saying that I didn't want to throw up my hands and say, I quit, I give up. I'm not saying that they didn't throw up their hands and say, we need to get rid of this guy. But we we hung in there. And I think that's made us grow together to learn that, you know, preachers and people in the church are human. Yeah. And you you can't expect you can't expect them to be perfect. Uh, they're gonna make mistakes. I'm gonna make mistakes. But I've also developed an attitude, okay, if I'm wrong, show me I'm wrong. If there's a better way to do it, show me that better way. I don't want the credit for it. 
Right. I want the credit to go to God. Right. You know, so we're all here working for God. We're here to serve God, preach Jesus, and love people. Right. And, and uh, you know, you can come in here and you can have dirty clothes on and, and, and dirty hair or whatever. We're going to love you just like the person that walks in here that's dressed to the ninth, okay? Right. And, and that's the way we're going. And if you need assistance with clothes, if you need assistance with with uh, you know getting cleaned up and stuff, I, we don't we don't get that for you. You know we we're gonna make sure that we fill the needs of the people. Right. right? Uh, we've been here. The church started in 1913. Uh, been here over a hundred years. Uh, we built a new building. It started out. It was on the corner of our lot out here. Uh, the original there, building. The original building. I didn't know that. Yeah, it started on that uh, corner lot uh, out there. You know where it is. And I'm sorry you people can't see where I'm pointing to, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it started there in this one-room building. And that's back in the day when people would walk or ride their wagon. And uh, that that's the way they'd come. And I'm a little curious. Do you know the history of why did someone started a church in this community? It was probably a, apparently a, a farming community. Uh, was there more to the community? Because you're just really out here. I remember my first revivals here in the old building. Yeah. Not the old, old building, but, but the, the last one. Yeah. And we'd open up the windows, and I was competing with the cows across the road. They're mooing. And, <laughs> and, and yeah. I was so shocked when I came back one day after several years not here and saw you had a brand new building. Right. And uh, But do you know... I was just wondering. I saw the cornerstone uh, 1913 yeah. uh, the other day. Took a picture of it for our, our, our uh, social media page. But I was curious. Do you know that? Well, this is what's been told to me, and, right. and I hope I can uh, recall it correctly. Uh, but the church started here. Uh, there were some people in the community uh, that... Uh, uh, decided to start a church here, and and why it actually became Christian, I don't know. Other than they had a uh, someone who was knew the the Christian church, knew the Restoration Movement, and things like that. But in Mississippi, and you're probably well aware of this, Tom, is it uh, they set aside every sixteenth uh, section of land for a church. No, I did not know yes, that. Yes, they did. And this would happen to be a 16th section of the land. And if you build a church on it, then you, you got the land, okay? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, I know the Cobb family was uh, really uh, uh, relevant to the building of that church. Uh, the uh, Gilbert uh, family, uh, uh, there were uh, several of the families here. The Panel family was involved in it. Uh, some of our members, uh, long, long time members, uh, lived just within walking distance of church all their life and everything. So I mean, they grew up in the old, old church and then the old church. And now they're in what we call the new church, which is beginning to get some age on it. But but still, well, that, that, that's the way it kind of happened. Could you, because you were saying a while ago, you couldn't, people couldn't see you pointing before we started this podcast, we were discussing the fact that uh, when we advertise we're doing a revival here from Rockshop Ministries, we always say Shannon, Mississippi. And people think, which I didn't know there's Christian Church in Shannon, Mississippi. Well, we're not any, anywhere near really the, the little town of Shannon. No. So, but you're on the mail route of Shannon. So would you explain the way you did to me where your church is located. <laughs> if you can remember as best as what you did just a few oh, minutes ago. Oh, it, listen, that was... Ten minutes ago, I don't know if I remember that or not. But uh, when I first came here, oddly enough, uh, we we actually not on a Shannon mail uh, address. Uh, we if we were to get our mail out here in front of the church, it would be a Tupelo address. Really, really. And the the thing about it, uh, when I when I first came. We had a Tupelo physical address. It was 258 County Road 600, Tupelo, Mississippi. Right. That's what it is. But we're nowhere close to Tupelo either, you know. Right. Uh, and we had a Verona post office mm -hmm. box, okay. We had a Shannon phone number, okay. And then 
uh, I lived in Baldwin, Mississippi. Okay, so it got confusing, you know, and everything. So how do you tell people to get here? And I tell them that you can't get here uh, unless you want to get here. You don't drive by here accidentally. You know, uh, you when know. I when I hit it on the phone, the address on the phone that's on our that, that's on our website, it says Shannon. When I hit it on there, it'll get me right here. But I have tried Tupelo. And I've tried. I think I tried Verona at one mm-hmm. time and. Uh, you know, this is a situation sometimes with these churches. We just uh, recently, I was talking with Kristen in her office, and I said she was getting ready to get some material out to a church. I said, "Now you remember this? That this is the during Christian Church in during West Virginia." Right. But now, when you look at our all of our records, it says that it is in its address is in Rock, West Virginia. Right. But in what we call the direct of the ministry, it's located in Bluefield, West Virginia. Yeah. But I said, on the poster, you put during because that's, that's where the folks there are going to know. Well, and you got to remember, too, when when I started here in 84, uh, we didn't have GPS. We didn't have cell phones. Oh, I know. We didn't have all these things. And, and so uh, the, the way we got affiliated with Shannon is because the, the Shannon mail route, actually, if you keep going east on the road out in front of the church, uh, you'll get up to the first road you take right. That begins Shannon, okay? Okay. And so Tupelo is here in, right. in front of us and everything. But we got our mail at a post office box in Verona. So, you know, <laughs> I, it was hard to tell people how to get here. So the, about the only way we could tell them to get here is that uh, you would go to the Palmetto Road and you would go uh, west on the Palmetto Road and then when you come to Kelly's Grocery, you turn to the left, and and this is this is the yeah. I mean this is where well you take a left at Kelly's Grocery, go down, and when the a road keeps going straight, there's a road back to the the left. You take that road, and the ch- our church is on the left. And they really need to see your, your arm gestures when you're oh, doing yeah, all that. Yeah. Too, well, I'm waving my arms like now, a bad man. Now, Kelly's Grocery is not there anymore. Yes, it is. Oh, is it still it, there? It, it's still Kelly's Grocery. Okay. It's still there. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, it, uh, it's changed hands several times. Right. But it's still there. Uh, I've been on a few revivals, and I try to tell people, I say, uh, look, you don't drive by Oakland Christian Church by accident. I said, because just to the east of us, there's a cow field pasture, and then the west of us, there's a cow pasture. North of us, there's a cow pasture, and south of us, there's a cow <laughs> So it don't matter which way the wind is blowing, it all smells the same, you know, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And that's just, we're out in the country. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Tupelo, since I've been here, has really grown in everything. And the thing about being in a farming community it's like what you were talking about. People don't sell their farming land. Yeah. They're not building uh, apartment complexes out here, you know. So we don't look at our ministry as being just right here in this community. We do look at it as being in Shannon, in the community of Brewer, and, and, and Palmetto, and Verona, and, and Tupelo, and that sort of So we reach out to, uh, in a, and try to bring people in. I, you know, uh, we kind of under the belief if you'll drive 25, 30 miles to eat, you'll drive 20 miles to church. I, mean, I believe that. Yeah. And in the city, people drive further than that to get church. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and the traffic's a lot worse than it is out here. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, out here, just, we leave it not up here. Not, we open the moonroof on the van and just enjoy listening to the to the sounds of summer yeah. in, in the south. And uh, until we hit the four lane, we just enjoy that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and it is wonderful. And... Uh, uh, we we just uh, again we like we like being a part of this community. We like uh, our our church is is one of the leaders in the community. Uh, yeah. If 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 you know if, if other churches uh, want to do something, they get they'll call and say, "Hey, what do y'all think about this? Would y'all like to particip- participate in this?" And our answer is most definitely. We yeah. we want to be a part of this community. You know, right? But uh, and. Uh, uh, and and we that's what we try to do, you know. Well, I know the numbers are down some because of COVID, like they are everywhere. Everywhere. But before COVID hit, about what size was the congregation on a on a given Sunday morning? Uh, probably eighty. 
That's what I was thinking. Around 80 about on 80. Sunday nights. Yeah. About half that or a little more sometimes. Yeah. And we have been up in up in the hundreds, okay? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we've been up in the hundreds. In fact, uh, back when I was uh, at started, well, it had been a few years I'd been here. Um, you know where the, uh, oh, I just lost it, the Auburn Community Christian Church is out there. Yeah. Uh, I can't think the name of it right now, but anyway. David Dutka was out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cro Crossroads. 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 I'm sorry. Which is about uh, 10 miles 10 east miles of Tupelo. Here. Yeah. And uh, Devin had asked us, said, look, we're holding a revival, and, uh, you know, we'd like for y'all to bring a few people out. And I said, we'll do more than that. I said, we'll bring 100 people to the revival. And he said, yeah, right, okay. You know, something like that, bless his heart. And sure enough, we took hundred people from Oak Valley to Crossroads Christian Church. We filled the church. Well, I don't know how we you get a hundred people in there. Well, they, they did. They would. They brought in chairs. They brought. They put them everywhere. We first walked in, and there was just a few of us got there before our bus got there. At that time, we had a big school bus, actually, and and, and we we walked in, and <laughs> one little old lady said, "She said I thought y'all was gonna bring a hundred people." I said, yeah, I did too. Well, when the bus pulled up and they came out and started coming into the church, her eyes got big as, as silver dollars. I'm telling you right now. But, you know, that that's the way it was. And, uh, and they're really out there too. I've held a couple of revivals there. And, well. and uh, I've interviewed uh, their preacher that's there now. I interviewed him earlier this year. And we had, we've had some good revivals. But they're out there in the country. Well, you, you, you stopped and think this for a minute, uh, Brother Tom. In northeast Mississippi, just up uh, 45, up and down 45, with the exception of West Point, Columbus, uh, Corinth, uh, and Tupelo, most of the churches are, are in the country are very rural communities. Yeah. Even Aberdeen and Amory, they, they, they claim they're you know, city churches, and that, but that's just a small community. They're yeah. not much bigger than Baldwin, right. but it's a rural community. Right. And, and so uh, we that's the way we've survived. One way we've survived is by all kind of locking arms together and going through this together, you know, mm -hmm. and we try to do things uh, together as much as possible. But the past year or so, COVID has just really hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's kept people at home that would ordinarily come. Right. And once they get in the habit of that, yes, sir. Uh, it's just easier to say, well, I watch the, we Facebook our program live and, uh, and, and, and people will say, well, I'll just watch it on Facebook. Yeah. I or I don't have to watch it this morning, Sunday morning. I can watch it. But the thing that I tell them that they're missing, they're missing the fellowship. They're missing meeting around the table. Mm -hmm. Even though they may take it at home, communion, they're still missing around the table part and, and that sort of thing. So we encourage ours to come. But well, Hebrews 10.25. Forsake not the sum of yourselves together. Exactly. As the manner of some is. And who's the sum but those who don't care about the Lord and the Lord's church. Exactly. And it's not just that God's, in my opinion, it's, it's not that God has a big black book and he's checked, putting a check by your name. It's that he knows that we need family, that we need that encouragement. I need to be there with you. You need to be there with me. And if I do nothing but come and sit in a pew on Sunday, and I'm not scheduled to do anything at all, and maybe maybe I never have gotten terribly involved, but I'm there. Yeah, my yeah. presence encourages those, is encouragement to those around me. Amen. Amen. So it's not just like, I don't want to come because I don't want to come just, and I don't have anything I have to do being there. You are doing something. Exactly. And by not being there, you're doing something as well. Exactly. You're, you're, you're discouraging other people. Uh, and that's exactly the way I feel. So I encourage my people. I know you're, and we have really not been hurt that bad as far as people having COVID themselves. But it's they're scared they're yep. going to get it. Uh, in fact, you know, we've got right now, uh, as of 
last week we hadn't had anybody with COVID, and now we've got uh, people uh, with COVID. And I just learned this afternoon that uh, that our piano player husband is got COVID, found it out yesterday, and she's been exposed to that, so she's not going to be able to come. She, uh-huh. you know, she's afraid she'll give it to somebody else, and she says, "I couldn't live with myself if that sure, happened." Sure. You know? And, and, so. and even this week, she's been you've been opening up the door behind the baptistry, and she's been coming in that way because she said, "I don't want to take exactly. a chance." Yeah, exactly. She, appreciate yeah, that. You know, and so we're just gonna have to kind of tonight just punt and fall back and see what happens. You know, well, if we, we ain't got anybody, we'll we'll do it like our non feeling brothers. So, that's right. You know, we can we, do that. We can do that. That's no problem. But uh, anyway, so I I have really really enjoyed my ministry here. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, and I know there are good Christians in every congregation. I, I realize that. But these people I hear are so special to me and my family. Uh, they have enabled me to, to go back to school and get degrees uh, and, and, and discipline myself in a lot of ways. Uh, and but they they've loved me and, and and I've loved them back. But they've been such an influence on my life in the ministry. Men like uh, Skeeter Cobb, Hugh Cobb, we called him Skeeter, and uh, he he was he was just a, a oh just wonderful wonderful man. His son Larry Cobb, one of the one of the I I, I think really on on his tomb. Uh, on his headstone, rather, that they should just put a Christian man because he truly was. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys that probably influenced me the most is a guy by the name of Cecil Ivey Jr. We called him Bubba. I know you'll remember Bubba. He was the big man with the beard and everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when... when I came here, Bubba was not coming to church here. And uh, his family was. Barbara uh, Hall was, uh, it was 12 years old and, and when I came here. And uh, uh, she, uh, her dad wasn't coming. So her, her stepmom asked me, she said, would you go down and meet with, with Bubba and see if you can talk him into coming to church? And I said, I'd be glad to. No, I had never seen this man, didn't know him from Adam. And so I went down to, to visit with him. And I went in. Here said a man that weighed about mm, 325 pounds. Yeah, he's a big man. Big man, big hands, muscled. I mean, he was didn't know how strong he was. He, he You could put your hand in his and it was like sticking it in a, a vice. I mean, it was mm. just, it, but, but, uh, it, it, I, I didn't know him, and we were sitting there talking, and I told him, I said, well, uh, Bubba, let me tell you something. I said, I'm not going to beat around the bush with you. I said, you know you need to be in church, and I said, you owe it to your children, and he had to be babysitting his grandson at that time, and I said, you owe it to that grandson to be there, and I said, you need to come to church and give your life to the Lord, and uh he said, well, you know, said, I got my grandson. I don't think I can get away tonight. I'm waiting on her mama, uh, 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 his mama to come get him. About that time, his mama pulled up. And, <laughs> and, and said, you think God's doubt, it doesn't work any different? And uh, I said, well, all right, Bub. I said, she's here to get him. He said, you got an hour or so before church. And I said, there's no reason for you not to come. Well, he came. Gave his life to the Lord. Baptized him. I don't know how, but baptized him. Uh, and, and, and the next night, he got up and sang a special. Uh, next, the next Sunday, rather. He got up and sang a special. And that man uh, became just an inspiration to me. He, he read the Bible through I don't know how many times. He had every kind of version you could just about have sitting beside his chair where he'd read it here, and he'd say, if I didn't understand that, I'd read it here. If I didn't understand that, I'd read it here, and I'd read it here. But uh, w- we used to come and, and be at the church 
two and three hours before services ever started. I remember you that. Remember that first revivals I started holding here. I thought, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's days that we would be here by one o'clock in the afternoon for church at five thirty or six thirty that on a Wednesday night. And, and and the thing we love to do is just fellowship with each other, talk to each other about everything. But one of the biggest things we love to do was play Bible trivia. Really? Bible trivia. And I don't think the man ever forgot anything he ever learned. Okay? Really? But he, but he was so, he made me work harder to stay sharp on things because he was. And I, I just, I just loved him for that. Uh, and he, we lost him a year ago, August the 4th. And uh, it, it just hadn't been the same without him. But we, he, he's he's happy where he's at because I know where he's at, and I, I know he's he's up there with all the other good saints from Oak Valley that's gone yeah. before him. And uh, even though we miss him, uh, we love him, and his influence is on a lot of people here in this congregation. And we had bunches of others that just said I, I probably would leave out some if I could. So I see the look on your face, and I, I, I you can just. It's like you're rolling a film past your eyes oh, right yeah. now, and you're seeing all these people that have oh, come yeah. through here in, in all these years you've been here. Exactly. Almost four decades. Well, I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, yeah. and Moses led them for 40 years in the wilderness. I'm doing about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're out here in the wilderness. wilderness uh, you know, yeah. and that yeah. sort of. And uh, I, I've tried to, I, I've tried to uh, incorporate some humor and fun into our ministry here. And let me tell you the reason why. I, I think sometimes some ministers can be so stiff and stiff-necked, you know, that there's no joy right. in their ministry. And and we 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 try to have joy in our ministry. We had a Sunday school party one night, and this uh, we had this boy and his wife come and everything, and after that first Sunday school party they'd ever been to, after it was over, he said, you know, I didn't know you could have so much fun at church. <laughs> and and we tried to do that, you know. Ted Avent was another man that yeah. really influenced my life. I, brother, brother Ted held many a revival, me at Pratt and here, and Walter, uh, Walter uh, Perman Anderson, I'll get it right in a minute, right. uh, influenced me a lot. But I've just had a lot of great friends, still got a lot of great friends, you and Greg and your ministry. I'm, I'm just encouraged by what you guys do. Well, and you know, when we were starting this ministry, I was holding a revival with you, and it was six months or a year before we started it. And do you remember, we sat down, I don't know if it was in the back of this building or the old building. I think it was the old building. Probably was. And and Because uh, that was back in probably 2003. So that's that's yeah. way back... But anyway, I remember sitting down with you and telling you that this looked like it was on the horizons. And that was, I had already done, that was my fourth revival with you. And what did you think? And you encouraged me. You said, I think this is what you need to do. And yeah. the door opens, you ought to go through it. Yeah, exactly. And I valued your opinion. And, yeah, I appreciate and, that. And, uh, uh, and I don't know, you speaking about Ted, he might have been the reason I got down here the first time. He might have told you at the... You, you know, know I think he was because she was up in Lexington. I was in Lexington, see, yeah. yeah. And we had so much in common. Your wife worked for Regents Bank. My wife worked yeah. for Regents Bank. And uh, we were both from here in the South and things like that. Yeah. And I, I, I think I'd asked Brother Ted to hold a revival. And I forgot for what reason he said he couldn't or whatever. And I asked him, I said, do you know anybody? He said, let me recommend That sounds right, yeah. right. And uh, he said, you'll really like Tom. Tom's a good preacher. We believe that. Yeah, we'd held, well, thank you. We'd held about 50 revivals before we started traveling. And now uh, I think Beth and I are, are close to 450. That's amazing. Total. And, and uh, we feel really blessed to do this. But uh, I... Now you you didn't just preach here. You didn't. You were a tent maker, really, in a way, weren't you? Didn't you do some other work? Uh, did you work at schools? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Tell us. Well, the the congregation allowed me to uh, go back to college, and I went back to uh, actually a, a college by the name of Blue Mountain College yeah. over at uh, Blue Mountain, Mississippi. And at the time when I went. Uh, if you were a male, you had to be going into the ministry. 
to right. go there right. because they taught preachers and teachers. Right. Well, uh, it was Baptist oriented, so to speak, and here right. I was, a Christian preacher. Right. Because I, and I just knew I wasn't going to do that. But they allowed me to major in Bible and major in elementary education. So, oh, okay. uh, so I, I got a double major there uh, in that. And then later on, I went back and got my master's in administration, educational administration at Ole Miss. And uh, I, after, after I grew up, I really enjoyed school. I didn't care for it too much when I was young, but after I grew up, I enjoyed it. But uh, that has helped me in a lot of ways because uh, we have uh, we've done a lot of things through the schools and and worked with young kids in that that capacity, and and we have uh, done some things. Probably, I think it enabled me. God opened up some doors through there, and I'm I'm firm believer if if. If God opens the door, you walk through it. You know, you need to walk through it. Now, if it wasn't him opening it, he'll shut it. Right. He'll stop it. Yeah. And, and people say, well, I don't know if God wants me to do that. Well, you go on anyway. You step out in faith. And then when, um, if you get started, and if it goes away, God didn't want that. Right. And that's exactly what I put uh, instrumental, uh, well, I would say instrumental. I was a small part of our new camp that we've got here in Northeast Mississippi. Yep, You've been there. You yep, know what you preached up there. Uh, it, it's wonderful. And it, it just, it just, God has laid so many things out for us in, here in Mississippi. And, and I think as long, we've got a bunch of new, younger preachers. I'm one of the older preachers now. Well, I am too. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. In fact, today's my birthday. I'm 72 today. I and, am. Uh, Happy birthday. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I, I think he's, he's used me. I used to go to the camp at Newton, and I worked down there with young people. And, and that's about I, four hours. Four hours four, from yeah. here. And I've worked up here in the camp up here. I love working with young people. It, it used to help keep me young, uh, mentally and physically, but it does mentally now. But my body says you can't do that no more. You know, you know <laughs> if I may say so, sitting here with you, I, and you said 72, and uh, I knew that you were uh, a bit older than me, and and uh, but you don't look it. I mean, I honestly, well, I think you. I can take a look at you and think there's a man that's 59, maybe 65, maybe. Uh, uh, but uh, thank you for the compliment. Well, I mean it. I wouldn't say it if I thought you looked old. I'd have just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that. Uh, now, now, at the beginning, you said that that the mayor of Baldwin had a big impact on your life. Mr. And Robert, am I yeah. right in saying that maybe you ended up in that position? I did. Uh, I got my years in my education, and uh, uh, I said, you know. Uh, there's too much government in schools today, and yeah. I said I'm going. I got my years in. I'm going. I'm going to retire. Okay, and, and that sort of thing. Well, I actually I was I was in the school uh, finished now. So I I said, but I don't want to quit. Right. So I had some people approach me about running for mayor in Baldwin, and uh, I ran for mayor and won that, and uh, I enjoyed being there. And, and and doing uh, helping the people in the community and, and that sort of thing, and I, I hope set a positive influence on those around me that knew me because they knew me as a preacher long before they knew me as a teacher long before they knew me as a, a mayor. Right. And and so we got in there and did. Now I didn't stay long. I served one term, but I I tell you it was a, God works just in ways we can't even fathom because. I honestly believe, and my wife would tell you this if she was here, she would say if he had been re-elected, he would have probably been dead within a year because I took things to heart yeah. and, and, and I, I, I wanted what was best for her. And, and sometimes, not everybody's got that same mentality. Right. And, and, and the political world and the secular world, you just have to deal with it and go on, you know, and, and maybe even in the church. So, but uh, we're supposed to be of one accord in the church and right. all pressing for the same thing. And I think it's a little bit easier there. But uh, uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. 
made a lot of friends all over the state of Mississippi. And, uh, and uh, they knew, I, they asked me, said, do you do anything else? I preach at Oak Valley Christian Church. And, and so uh, uh, just right off, they, they knew where I stood on, on Jesus and, and the church. And, but, you know, I, I still met a lot of great people doing that. Uh, I've been a little bit of everything. You well, know. that's what I'm. That's a jack of all trades. I've been editor of a newspaper. I I, uh, I have uh, taught school, coached uh, girls softball, and that's a story in itself. But uh, and and then been mayor and been a preacher and get uh, worked at a short order cook in a, a restaurant and, and just you. You know, I, I'm very diversified in things. I can jack of all trades and master of none. Well, you've but, got a lot of a lot of years of experience, and I, I just want to ask you this. It's kind of a three part question. I don't get in with every preacher, but I've got. I, I see I've got just a little bit of time here. I want to throw something out at you, and it's a three part question. You can answer one part, two parts, or all three. Uh, here it is. Down. What What do you believe to be the greatest challenges facing the church? Individual Christians and/or the ministry today going forward. Number one, the church is the influence of the world. Yeah, we have we have let the church or the world rather creep into the church till it's a, at a point when you can't tell the church a lot of times from the world. That's right, and I I think that that that's one of the Saddest things that, that, that you, our standards instead of going up and making the world come up to uh, our standards, by our standards, I mean Christ standards. Right. Uh, we've brought them down to, to fit them. Right. And, and, and uh, you see that with the acceptance of all the things that, that are going on that are accepted now by people when years ago they would oh, never. Yeah. Absolutely, you would never heard of, of gay and 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 uh, the gay movement and things like that. Not know, within the church. Not within the church. No. You know? And now come out from the, among them and be separate. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the biggest thing I think with individuals is that we have become too busy for the Lord. Yes, sir. We we let everything take place. When you're more interested in taking your son, getting your son or daughter on travel ball teams and mm-hmm. missing church every weekend, instead of bringing them up in the nurture of the Lord, you want to bring them up because you think that they can play professional ball sometime. <laughs> uh, you, you, we, we become engrossed in ourselves, you know. Yeah. And I think that's sad, okay? Uh, I mean... You know, uh, you know as well as I do. The scripture talks about uh, Christ said, "Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me." Yes, sir. And we don't pick up a cross anymore. No, we, we we're not going to deny ourselves. Everything is too easy for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and, and so it, and the third part was what? Now I told you, I ministry told you, facing the ministry, getting young men who will uh, get in there. Three things I think they need to do. One, I, I, I think they need to preach Jesus. Yes, sir. Quit worrying about programs. Quit worrying about building numbers. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Wayne Smith said this one time. He was down here in Mississippi, and we was meeting with him, and he said, you know, when you take what you got, where you are, and let the Lord deal, you'll be a success. Right. We think we're not a success if we don't have a mega church. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you look at the number of mega churches as opposed to the churches that are like this one. We far outweigh the mega church. Sure. And there's, I think we need preachers to preach Jesus. I think we need preachers who come in with some grit. Yes, sir. And say, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to be run off from this congregation because they didn't like the color of the carpet. Right. Or the color of the walls or the hymn book. Or, you know, my biggest advice for for young preachers is change takes time. 
Mm -hmm. You don't go in your first Sunday and say, oh, we're going to change this and put uh, 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 audio and visual uh, equipment up and we're going to do all, when all they've sung is the, out of, straight out of the hymnal for a hundred years. You don't right. do that. You take your time with it. You take your time with it. And, and you, you'll progress and change will progress as long as you're taking it at a snail's pace. The other thing is uh, learn to love your people. You got to do that. You know, you, you can't go home from uh, a board meeting, which I, I not found that to be scriptural yet. But uh, I agree. <laughs> you, you can't go home from a church meeting and think, well, uh, if that's the way so-and-so feels, I'm not going, I'm through with him. You know, you got to love that person. That's right. Jesus was hanging on the cross after all they did to him. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And you, again, it just takes time. And it's hard to, to love. You got to develop an alligator hide. Yeah. You know, you just can't let things bounce off of you. And, and remember, it's really a lot of times nothing personal. It's, it's just that's their opinion. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 you can get them to come up with, to do the same thing you want to do, but it, let it be from them. You can get it done, and it, if it's for the if it's the Lord's work, it'll go. And if you'll stay thirty-seven years, it'll probably happen, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know. Well, I appreciate that. That's good advice. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you asking that. That's a good question, uh, brother Danny. We're uh, we're about forty-five minutes out from our evening service, and I know this church. There's people gathering here already. They are here already, and and uh, we're sitting in your office at your desk. I just want our listeners to know. If you heard a little popping and pounding once in a while, that's Brother Danny pounding the pulpit while he was preaching. Amen. Uh, I, I apologize for <laughs> no, that. No, that's all right, because I want you to know what it is. That, that's the enthusiasm and the passion that Brother Danny has, and I appreciate that very much. And uh, uh, Is there any, anything else you want to add? Uh, well, we I would just like to say this, Brother Tom, is that uh, I, I'm so glad that years ago, Brother Ted, amen, uh, introduced me to you and Blame. brought you and your family uh, into uh, my life and my ministry here. And my people love you because we've had you now, how many years? Seven. Seven times. And we've got you booked, I know at least through 25. Uh, and you've got, we, we took care of that now. And every other year, it's me or Brother Greg through 2027, Lord willing. Lord willing, yeah. And I may not be here but uh, uh, on some of that, I hope and pray that I am, but Lord willing, I, I, if I'm not, uh, I know what kind of man is going to be filling the pulpits. Well, I appreciate y'all so much. Well, thank, thank you, you for much. having me, and, and God bless you, and God bless your ministry. Well, same to you, and I'll say to our listeners, if this uh, podcast has been helpful to you and an encouragement to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ. Amen. And uh, until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. Amen.